Oh, you look fantastic, as always. Thank you. You hit the live button. Do you see that? Yep. Uh, all right. Wait, hang on. Here he comes. Phone. All right. You're muted. Just make sure. Uh, unmute your mic. There you go. Good morning, Paul. His mic is muted. You unmuted it. You're muted. There you no. There it is. It keeps turning off. Okay. How's that? There he is. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Well, great to see you, my man. Awesome to see you. Hey, good to see you too, buddy. Hang on one second. Let me um, hang on one second. I got to prop this up with something. Hold on a second. Uh, all right. Hold on one second. That way I'm not trying to hold it. All right. How's that? Can you see me okay? Yeah, perfect. There we go. All right. All right. Awesome. There we go. Um, yeah, good to see you, my man. Been too long. Yeah, dude, I've been watching all your shit on Instagram and, and uh, on Facebook. Dude, you're, you're, like, blowing up. How was that one-man show? How did that it go? Did you love that? Yeah, it was great. Are we starting the show now, or are we just talking off air? Just so I no, know. this is off air. I'm going to roll yeah. into it in a second. Yeah, I, um, yeah, it was great, and I'm going to bring it back. I had to stop it because of COVID, but... Um, we we had really great feedback and turnout and got nominated for an award and now we're talking about trying to turn it into a tv show so it's been it was really cool because it was a theater show and it was people coming on stage telling stories from their lives and we could talk about it a little bit if you want in the interview so all right cool but, yeah. Um, yeah it was it was it was it was cool and if i bring it back i want you to come see it yeah man for sure I, i've seen so many clips of it it looks brilliant but all right, um, Jimmy, this is Paul. Paul, this is Jimmy. Jimmy's actually an actor, so. Hey, Jimmy. Um, yeah. He's, you guys Paul. do the show Great. together? We do the show the... together, yeah. Nice. Yes, nice. We fight like brothers. It's awesome. How And how long have you been doing the show? <laughs> uh, he's been with me uh, for like the last year now. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. great. Great. Yeah. All yeah. right. It's fun times, man. Fun time. There we go. <laughs> I'm going to set this up now, ready? <clears throat> yep. All right, Jimmy, in lieu of my usual, as you call it, two minutes of crap, instead, I booked a huge guest, comedian Paul Mercurio, an Emmy Award and Peabody Award winner, regularly appears on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, actually works on that show. You might have seen him on HBO, Showtime. He's got his own Comedy Central special. He worked on The Daily Show. He's also got a podcast, Jimmy, like us. Uh, this one's... This one's top-notch, Inside Out with Paul Mercurio. Uh, he's had guests on, and we're going to talk about some of these. Paul McCartney, yeah. Kevin Costner, Kira Sedwick, Spike Lee, Stephen Colbert, Brian Kenston, and more. Um, Paul, dude, uh, thanks for coming back to the show. Uh, we, You and I go back some years now. You're yeah. coming to my neck of the woods, which I love, June 2nd through the 4th at Comics Roadhouse Comedy Club at Mohegan Sun. You get tickets. Nice at comicsroadhouse.com people are going out again and i'm telling you always worth it if you're going to spend a night out on comedy go see paul mercurio thanks that's the show just come on out everybody i'm gonna go see you uh <laughs> you got the plug in and off he goes thank you paul He's you should have waited to the end to plug that joke. come on <laughs> what do you think that's a rookie move right there i'm so no. excited i'm so yeah. excited for it I, uh, I, you know, it's always fun going back there and it's been like three years since I've been back because of COVID and I got, I got, you know, 2019 was the last time I was there and then everything shut down and I'm um, doing four shows uh, and the second to the fourth. And it's, it's really, it's, I've started to go back out again in the last few months and it's been great because people have been like, oh, we really need to have some laughs and, you know, just forget about everything. And like, and I got COVID in 2020 
and I got it going to a different club, another in Florida, and they weren't making anybody wear masks or whatever. And I'm and I don't get into the political stuff or whatever. I just got it because people it just was raging and there was no vaccines. And man, when I got it the first time, I'm vaccinated now and everything, but it sucked because like I'm still tired from it. And and it's the only time if you think about it, like you get sick and you go to the doctor and they can't give you anything for it because they don't know enough about it. So and you could say anything. Like I was having all sorts of weird stuff. Like I was getting I went into the doctor and I swear to God, the doctor had like a you know clipboard and I'm like, so I have a random shooting pains. Yes, we've heard that. And I'm tired all the time. Yes, we've heard that. And I lost my sense of taste and smell yesterday. And you could say anything at that point. Like every Tuesday, frogs fall out of my ass. Yes, we've heard that. <laughs> and not only do they go, yes, we've heard that. Like, are they blue? Are they green? Or are they red frogs? Like, so it's like, and so, you know, you just kind of deal with it. And then living in New York City, I grew up in Providence, Rhode Island. So I got a lot of family up in Connecticut, Rhode Island. But I live in New York City, work on the Late Show there and all that stuff. And, um, the city got weird, weird, quiet. Like, you know, you don't realize how yes, yes. much you're used, you're used to the noise and the chaos. And then when it stopped, your life feels weird and freaky. And it was so uncomfortable that at one point, just so I could feel normal again and hear noise, I went out and I bought a jackhammer and I just started jacking. <laughs> <laughs> like for no reason at all. It's six in the morning, like they always do right outside people's windows. Right. It's like Benson. Then yeah. I realized that things were getting back to normal in at least in the world and in New York, because two cab drivers got in a fight over a parking spot. So they were both like angled in like this. They get out <laughs> yes. of the car, they get out, and I'm like, okay. And they square off, they raise their fists, they got their masks on, and they start throwing punches and they get really close to each other. And then one of them you could tell realized, oh, wait. I'm supposed to be social distancing. Yeah. So, so he backed up and he still wanted to keep fighting. So he's just like, he was like, we back up. And then he'd run forward and then he'd back up and then he'd run forward. And it, and it was like, eh, 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 eh. It was like watching two three-year-olds fight. It was hilarious. <laughs> and like the whole thing just got like so bizarre. And then like I was, you know, and stuck inside like everybody else. And, I just realized I was losing my mind because I started doing work around the house because the, you know, we, we stay up, we get plays up in Connecticut and Stonington. Right. So I'm up there nice. and you know, we, yeah, well, we might as well do this, you know, whatever. Why don't we, do it? My wife's like, why don't we um, you know, take the wall down. So we like taking a wall down. Like, it's like, yeah, you know, it's like, like it's moving a piece of furniture. Like yeah. she's got me doing all this crap. And so I needed some stainless steel screws for something I was doing. And I had to order them on Amazon. This is how bored I was. I started tracking the shipment of screws on Amazon. <laughs> what else are you going to do? Exactly. And there I'm was nothing like, else to do. Right. You're on the computer. I'm like, Chicago? Why am I screws in Chicago? This is bullshit. Right. And so I'm like, I'm losing my mind. And, uh, and then, you know, I just, and then I, you know, then everything shut down. The late show shut down. And, you know, we just kind of started to kind of, you know, ease back into things like everybody else. And and you don't want to live with me and stuck in a quarantine situation. I'm an annoying human being. You <laughs> Our dog, Daisy, we have a dog, Daisy. And uh, uh, first of all, she has a weak sphincter. Oh, my God. Yeah. So we have to give her a friggin pill twice a day. And that's all my wife gives a shit about is the pill. It's just about the pill, the pill, the pill. Not about me. I could be like bleeding from the juggler. It doesn't matter. <laughs> give, uh, I'm bleeding. Did you give Daisy your pill? I'm dying. I'm bleeding. <laughs> and and the dog, you can't yell around the dog. And I'm Italian. I yell. That's what I do. I yell and my hands move a lot. And you can't do that because little Daisy gets upset and then little like squirt comes out of her because she's yes. a Yeah. Yeah. We'll try living in my house. There's like wee pads everywhere in my house. It looks like a friggin' assisted living facility. Mine too. <laughs> yeah. I, I have like a 15 year old Chihuahua, you know, right? like two and a half pounds, and that thing just 
he, he doesn't care anymore. You know, he's at the age where he's like, you know, what, screw it. I'm going to piss right here on the fireplace. I don't care. Right. Right. So and they know and they know, by the way, you'll let them do anything because you they know they got you wrapped around your paw. Like you 15 years. You know, I mean, he's been with us for 15 years. It's crazy. So, yeah, it's just like, yeah, whatever. So, yeah, yeah. I got the pee pads all over the house. Right. You know, it's crazy. I, I fucking hate it. I, That's I, why I don't have a dog. I tell my <laughs> wife every day it's time to put him down, and she's like, "No, he's he's got like five good years left." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" But uh, Paul, you know, I got to ask you a quick question here because I was actually adopted by Italians. Right when I was three months old, I was born in Korea, adopted by Italian family. I was going to say back. you're Asian. What the hell's going on? Wow. <laughs> I, I'm, I, well, I'm called a Twinkie, right? I, I'm a Twinkie. I'm only yellow on the outside, white on the inside. Right? <laughs> So, I'm glad I'm glad you said that. If I oh said yeah, that, I can say it, right? So, a Twinkie, that's hilarious. I've never heard that. You guys have never heard that? Wow. No. So my, you know, I got Joe said I got a couple questions. I get. So that wait, asking. you're a Korean and an Italian family, so you're the only yeah. member of the family who's good at math. Is that right? That, that's absolutely <laughs> correct. Everybody came to me. Everybody did. It's funny. Unless, wife, unless, unless you're booking numbers, then you're good in the Italian family. <laughs> that's right. I can tell you stories about that, but yeah. so I I get three questions. So I'm going to start off with the hardest hitting question that I could find. All right. Okay. I grew up an Italian, like I said, and every Sunday. We had giant pasta dinners. Mm. Do you, I mean, is that? Did you guys like? Do you have a nonny that could cooked and cooked all my day uncle, Sunday? My my uncle Archie, my uncle Archie, my so my grandparents, my my on my mother and father's side, they they immigrated. Their parents, my grandparents, immigrated to America from Italy. So my parents, first generation uh, Americans, and in Providence, right? And so my uncle Archie, which is my mother's brother. Just that alone, Archie. Who the hell calls their kid Archie anymore, right? It's like, that's yeah, an Italian right. thing. Every Sunday in his naughty pine basement, basement, we would have these massive dinners, exactly what you're talking about. And it's when everybody smoked. So there was like clouds <laughs> of smoke and like very Italian, very, very, we, very Italian family. My uncle Archie cut hair. Uh, it was a barber, right? And you, you, I, you always knew if you looked at me, if my uncle was in a bad mood, because when he was in a bad mood, I got a really crappy haircut. Like I looked, like, <laughs> I look, I look. It was like, oh god, Uncle Archie's in a bad mood, and it was all like, it was like I did it myself, blindfolded. That's oh what my god! god. And, then, <laughs> and then I realized, like, I didn't till later in life what he was doing, because he a guy guy. It was an all like Italian bar barbershop. Like it was all about guys. It was like there were Playboy magazines. They play the Red Sox, or Tony Bennett or Frank Sinatra. That was it. And you talked about like women, and you ate like they were eating meatball sandwiches in July. Like it was crazy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then he'd go in the back room sometimes, and then he'd come out and he'd shake a guy's hand, and they'd hold the hand a little bit. And then, and then there was something in his hand, like a piece of paper. I don't know what it was. Well, he was booking numbers out of the back of the house, yes. a barbershop to make extra money. I love it. And my cousin Bobby, his son, started doing the same thing later in life. And he would just, he was like, like small time, you know, kind of always making a million, a buck of the easy way. You know, one of those guys, right? And he had the, he, he hung out in front of the social club and he had like, tight pants and he's always like the legs are always moving hey how you doing how you doing you know his legs are moving so much like he's got a live snake in his pants like the quintessential gambino yeah and he's and he's always had a scam he always i remember one time he came into uh over to my parents house and he had um he was selling stuff out of the trunk of his car my cousin he was selling suits ratchets and car alarms because they go together. That's that's yeah. a, you know one department yeah. right there. Right, exactly. And then I go, I go, Bobby, where'd you get the car alarms? He goes, oh, I stole them out of other people's cars. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like it was like, I go, do you realize the fact that you stole these alarms mean they're not a very good alarm? He goes, well, they just don't have the box. They just don't have the box. What are you talking about? <laughs> you so he didn't make the correlation, right? No, no not at all. Like it was like, he just. That's even funnier. Yeah. That's oh my god, it's hilarious. Yeah. He, <laughs> and my parents had a furniture store, and um, and you know, so like we would, you know, um, how can I put this? Which it, it was like a basic mom and pop furniture store. So one day my cousin comes to the store and he goes, uh, says to my mother, he goes, "Hey, auntie, auntie," he goes, "I'm uh, I'm in your business now." She goes, "Bobby, what do you know about my business?" He goes, "I'm selling mattresses." 
She goes, what do you know about mattresses? What's the no? He goes, I was at the dump the other day and I saw there was a big pile of mattresses. So I took them and I got a Chinese guy oh, and I he, he covers them for like $50 a mattress. I'm selling them for $600. She goes, Bobby, get out of my store right now. I don't want to know. Oh my God. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And so what? he was just this character, right? And he still is. And so we would have these dinners at his father's house, my uncle Archie's house. And everybody was there. Everybody smoking cigars, like filters. And these like serious food is a serious thing. And it's with oh. the Italians, like these was, this was like serious Italian. They didn't have cold cuts. No, 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 no. They had the machine in the basement and they had the low. Yes. It's gotta be fresh. It's gotta be fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. My grandparents had the breadcrumb grinder down in the basement. We'd make our own breadcrumbs. I mean, we made yeah. everything fresh. Everything. Every yeah. Sunday. Saturday, so, she's cooking. She's making pasta for yeah. Sunday. Oh, it was beautiful. And there's all this, like, emotion. And, like, and I think Koreans are like that, too. You people tend to yell a lot at the drop of a hat. You're an angry people. You're we're, like we're very, yep. We're very we angry. Tired. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and we get drunk just like the Italians at dinner, right? So, right. Yeah, but the only difference is that happier people have nuclear weapons and we don't. So that's the thing that's a little different than the Italians. But, I, <laughs> but listen, so I so we're in the basement. So I take now my wife. We've been together since high school. And she's a wasp, a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. So they're very, like, you know, proper and quiet. They don't emote. They, like, drink martinis and get divorced. That's what they do. They don't talk. <laughs> take, take half your money and get divorced. Right. Like the, like the Italians, like everything's on the sleeve, right? Like we just, there's no, there's no filter. There's no governor. You just say what's up. So I take her to one of these Sunday dinners, right? First time, like one of our, I don't Mar know. Hey, I'm not on me. I take her down there, right? And there's food and there's it. And it was a lot of always arguing, like over, like drop of a hat, like past the meatballs. What did you mean by that? I never liked you. Like, <laughs> You know, it's like I just <laughs> asked the people, shut up. You don't know, you know, your father. Yeah. Oh, good God. So, like, people yell, like, <laughs> arguing about politics. My uncle John, he was very bright, but he was like crazy, dressed like a crazy homeless guy. His, his pants was unzipped all. He was like a brilliant genius dentist, but he couldn't dress himself. He was one of these guys, like, his, his you know, things sticking out of his pants. Um, so I take my girlfriend, my now my wife, Carol, to that. And it's just, you know, all the craziness. And then we leave and I'm driving her home. And I swear to God, she said to me, I go, did you like the dinner? She goes, oh, yeah, the food was great. Everybody was nice. She goes, but um, why was everybody so mad at each other? <laughs> it seems right. All, right. I mean, that's what it is. I go, what do you mean? She goes, well, everybody was like mad. They were yelling at each other all the time. I'm like. Oh no, that's just how we talk. We weren't yelling. Yeah. She goes, "That's how you talk all the time." I go, "Yeah, yelling is a whole other level." She goes, "There's another level beyond that." She goes, "Right," and and so totally miss. I love those were great though. You know, you don't know what you miss until you don't have it. But yeah, exactly. So like my grandfather was like the patriarch of my family. Yeah. So when we go to these big Sunday dinners, and it just like you you, you explained it, we were all talking crap, loud, animated throwing, you know, buns across the table. Cause we had a, we had like a 10 foot table and then we had another one that, so we could fit like 35 yeah. family members. Right. I mean, it was ginormous. Yeah. And as um, soon as, as soon as my grandfather had enough, he would just slap the table and it was it. Boom. He was like, really? the God, yeah, he was like the godfather of my family. Like my mother wanted to change careers and had to ask permission from her father, my grandfather. What, he, what what did she change from and to? What was she doing? She was an executive director of a refugee center in oh, wow. upstate New York, uh, uh, facilitating uh, refugees from Vietnam. And she wanted to become a hooker? And so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so she wanted to leave that job. And my grandfather blessed it, right? And she ended yeah. up buying and uh, owning, operating three orphanages in Vietnam and then facilitated adoptions from wow. Vietnam. So she worked with both American and Vietnamese government. She made a boatload of money, right? It was great. She, I mean, she was extremely happy. But yeah, she was great. And uh, but my grandfather mm. had to bless it. And if he didn't, she wouldn't have changed. It was crazy. Like yeah. I've never like you see that crap in movies, right? No, but it's real. It's real. It's real. It's like, yeah. yeah, and like the whole thing. And you know, my mother, she 
she did something unheard of for that generation. In 1960, high school educated, Italian you know, woman, pr- uh, pregnant with uh, one kid, two other kids, tenement house with my dad, tenement apartment, started a business. We know that generation of women stayed home and cooked. And, housewives. Yep. And housewives, which is a full-time job in and of itself. I'm not saying it's less right. in any way. It's just you just didn't do that. But she grew up in a very patriarchal family. She was the only girl. She kind of waited on her older brothers and she got fed up with it. And she goes, you know, I want to have my life too. And big set of balls and just started this business. And she's 94 now. She had she ran it for 63 years. And she's oh, 90. God bless. Yeah, well, she will not go down. We try everything. She's not <laughs> sour milk, bad cheese. You trip her. She bounces back up like a little Italian weevil. She will not go down. No, she very headstrong. And my father took kind of a back seat to her. It was like the opposite of what I saw in all other Italian families and, and my extended family. Like the, it was generally the men that like were in charge, right? right. And so not her. And like just completely like insane about like like we tried to we just had to close her store last year because like she just it's nice she's 94 she's got cataract she can't hear she's got a hearing aid she, she's grew up in the depression so you know what that's like because they're always they always even no matter how much money they have they still think like it's depression so like she'll go through garbage looking for broken stuff and then she has a guy fix it like that's what she i swear to god like like i remember she found her hearing aid in the garbage and she still, that's what she uses. And it just whistles all the, it's like, <laughs> is that me? Is that me? <laughs> yeah. The whole time. Oh, I love it. If you take her for a walk within 12 minutes, you have a pack of dogs following you. Okay? Oh my God. And she, and she won't buy anything. And so I remember one night it was like Sunday night and I took her to the post office and then I'm driving her home and she goes, oh, stop, stop, because it was garbage. Sunday night, it was garbage. And I said, it's a garbage can. I think I see something. So I stop, and she's in. A, she goes through the garbage, and she pulls out this clock that was broken. She's not looking for food. It's just stuff that's broken that she thinks, oh, I'll save money, and I'll get someone to fix it. So she's standing in the middle of the street in a he- with her he- a house dress and curlers, and her hearing aid is whistling like people <laughs> turning their lights on, thinking it's an air raid of some kind, right? And she, she, I'm not making this up. She turns to me. She goes, Paulie, Paulie. She goes, I can't believe these people threw this clock out. They're crazy. I'm like, they're crazy. They're crazy. <laughs> I'm lookout at some bad Italian-American version of Antiques Roadshow, and they're crazy? <laughs> so, like, it just has always been, like, you can't throw anything out with people of that generation because they, they, they're like pack rats, right? So we're trying to. This business is 63 years old. There's stuff that she's had, papers, files, like 30 years going back. So we start throwing stuff out, right? So now I'm throwing stuff out. And so, like, you know, I'm in the store. My brother's doing, you know, and she's just being a pain in the ass. No, don't throw that. I, I saved that. <clears throat> but I'm throwing some stuff out. So I throw stuff in the garbage. And then I turn this way. And I come back. And I look back, like, 10 minutes later. The thing I just thrown out is back on the counter. I go, that's weird. I thought I threw it out. For me. So I threw it away. Yeah, you laugh. I'll punch you when I see you. And uh, so, and then I turn, I throw it away again. I turn back and it's on the counter again. So when she, when I'm not looking, she's pulling stuff out of the garbage. So you don't have to, how you have to throw stuff out with people of that generation. So you know that scene in Godfather 2 when the young Don Corleone De Niro shoots Don Fanucci in the white suit in the stairway and then he goes up and he breaks the gun breaks the roof the gun. And he breaks the gun and he puts it into different pipes so they in different pieces. That's how you have to throw stuff out of my mother. You have to take the paper and you have to rip it into different pieces. And then you have to take the different pieces and throw it into different garbage cans like all over the city. <laughs> not even in that no like I'm knocking on people's doors like hey excuse me um could you just throw these papers away if some crazy Italian lady comes just say you never saw me okay like oh my god that's so awesome that's- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you know I I, uh, I I love I love growing up in an Italian household I don't think there and we had eight kids in my family so I mean there's no yeah. I don't think there's a better experience. I mean, it's just chaos. It's just utter chaos all right. the time. 
And you don't uh, know any it. better. You don't know any different either. So that's right. the cool thing, you know? Exactly. So, I mean, you just we just had a lot of fun. So uh, here's my next question for you. It's a little harder, or it's a little lighter. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not even a Beatles fan. I'm not. Yeah. But I am a Paul McCartney fan. Yeah. I mean, Sir Paul McCartney is just legendary. Uh, yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, knighted by the Queen. How did you land an interview with Paul McCartney? <laughs> and how did that, I mean, it was. It must have been an amazing experience. Had it was. And um, if you're looking at me doing something, I'm actually just getting something. Uh, hold on a second. I'm just, uh, I, I want to tell you the story, uh, but I'm, uh, I'm just, uh, bear with me one second here. I'm just queuing something up. Um, okay. All right. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. So I was working on, um, it was the Colbert Report, and he had just, he was the guest that day. Um, my podcast is called Inside Out, by the way, with Paul Mercurio. And so it's a one on one podcast. You can get it anywhere. And I just like the one on one interview, uh, the long form interview. Uh, uh, you don't hear it a lot on TV anymore, you know, or even on radio that much anymore. So, and I just have varied interests. So I have, you know, everyone from Neil deGrasse Tyson to Brian Cranston to Stone Cold Steve Austin to a, a woman who survived the Ted Bundy attack, who got like lived like one like it's all and Paul McCartney and Stephen Colbert. Like so, there's something for everybody. There's like over 300 interviews, and um, and and my cousin Bobby, who we do anything on how to run numbers and sell car alarms out of the trunk. Of, <laughs> of course, uh, yes, um, yes. So I am always a fit. I'm always amazed by musicians because I can't do that. Like how you put all those sounds together and then write lyrics. Like to me, it's just amazing. So anyway, so McCartney was at the show and just finished rehearsal and was doing the show that night and I'm working on the show and I'm running and I'm late and I'm running to get to the, um, to the studio. And I round the corner and standing in the hallway all alone is Paul McCartney just standing there hanging out leaning with his arms full like this leaning against the wall uh just standing there like he was waiting for a bus chewing gum looking up at the team <laughs> with a little like colbert shirt on tucked in with a little belt like it looked like the 12 year old boy just waiting to get picked up to go to school on a bus like it was crazy <laughs> so it's mind-blowing enough that it's paul mccartney but then add to it that he's alone like alone alone there's no security, no manager, nothing, not a parrot on his shoulder, nothing, nothing, right? <laughs> and so when I see him and I see that, my whole world slows down. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Paul McCartney. <laughs> right? And I'm like, should I say hi? Should I not say hi? I don't want to be a bother. But then I'm like, you know what? He's alone in the hallway. He's like a gazelle on the Serengeti Plains, and I'm a lion. Pounce. <laughs> Got a pouch. It's like one time. Like so I'm never gonna have this chance again, right? So I just go over and I say, "It's great to meet you and honor me. I'm really looking forward uh, to your performance. A huge fan." And I start to walk away. And he goes, "Wait, come back." And I go, at least in my head, he said, "Come back." I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I just... <laughs> and, and, and so uh, he goes. He, uh, he said, "What's your name?" I go. Uh, Paul. He goes, oh, Paul, that's a good name. I'm like, I'll do the jokes, buddy. Okay. You just, yeah. uh, you just play love me do and back off. Okay. This is all I get. Right? So he goes, what do you do? I go, well, I work on this show. I work on the daily show. At the time I was working on that show and I do stand up and act and blah, blah, blah. He goes, oh, he goes, I love stand up. And you know, I knew Richard Pryor. He goes, yeah, he goes, you get, you, you, you travel tours or stand up. I go, yeah. He goes, that's tough, right? You're on the road a lot. Yeah. You got a kid. Yeah. I got a kid. How old is your kid? My kids. So we're just five, 10 minutes goodbye. I'm talking to Paul McCartney like I'm talking to you, just about anything, right? And on the outside, I'm super smooth. I'm like, hey, I'm talking to Paul McCartney. On the inside, I'm like, I'm talking to Paul McCartney. Like, completely out of my mind, right? And I'm trying, you ever have those conversations, whoever it is, like it's a girl you want to date or an important job interview, your brain's going, two things are going, like one part of your brain's like, yeah. keep it going, keep it going, think of another question, keep it going. And the other part's like, don't screw it up, don't screw it up. That's what's <laughs> going on, right? So, and as I'm talking to him, I'm getting closer and closer and closer to his face because he's Paul McCartney and I'm, I'm there and he looks amazing and I'm checking every little nook and cranny out. <laughs> 
to the point where I was so close to him that he started to lean backwards yeah, to get away yeah, from me. Yeah. But he was against the wall, so he could only get so far back. I was so close to him. I was like a chimp in the wild. I could have cleaned ticks off his eyebrows. <laughs> when they clean their mates, that's how close. So now I'm like, okay, I got to leave this guy alone. I go into the bathroom and I call my wife and I go, and I'm like hyperventilating. I'm like, you are not going to, I just talked to Paul. She goes, where are you? I go, I'm in the bathroom at the Colbert. She goes, well, you sound creepy. What are you doing in the bathroom? Are you, are you, you have your pants on? I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing I go, it's not Tuesday. Anyway, um, so I, and then I blurt these words out. I swear to God, I said this out loud on the phone to my wife. I go, you know what? I'd love to talk to him about how he makes music. Paul McCartney should do my podcast. Like, that's how my brain works, right? Yeah. So I go and I hang up the phone and I knock on the dressing room door and I go, look, I know this is crazy. Um, but I would love to talk to you about how you make music. That's all. You go, would you do my podcast? He goes, yeah, sure. Just like that. Just like that. I mean, what a great show. Paul McCartney in the hallway. That's amazing. Yeah. So now, now I'm completely thrown because, you know, I don't know, anybody watching, anybody listening, you guys, there was somebody in your life you wanted to ask out on a date at some point, but you're like, oh, they're way too good looking or they're going to say no, but you know what? I'm going to ask them out anyway. So on my deathbed, at least I know I did it, but they're going to say no. And instead they say yes. And you don't have a friggin' plan. That was me. <laughs> Cause he goes, yeah, sure. How would we do it? And I was just like frozen. And then I start, I'm not making this up to be funny. This is how I sounded. I'm going to try to stand up, see if you can see me. This is how I look. But anyway, I was like this, I was standing, but I, I, I was like this, he goes, how would we do? And I went, ah, Uh, uh, and then i started to like rock back and forth like rain man and i was rubbing my thigh like uh uh and i couldn't make eye contact i'm like um um um, i'll come to london and he goes we're together he goes why would you come to london and then he goes is it easy to do and i actually said to the most influential musician in the last century um oh yeah it's real uh it's easy I don't want to be a bother. I know you're busy. I don't. Want to be, um, you can do it on your phone, naked from your toilet. I'm like, what am I saying? <laughs> you said that. I'm sure I said that. I know. I know. <laughs> so now, now I'm like, all right, come to London. I got Yeah. He looked at me like he like we're like right. You're two feet from me in New York. Why do you need to come to London? I didn't know what to say. I didn't have. I thought he was going to say no. Of course. Oh God. So, so he goes. He goes. I go. Look. All right. This is where I'm saying to myself, just get out of here because you got a yes. Get out of here. Don't screw it up. So I said, I'll. I said, I'm going to leave you now. I know you're getting ready for the show. I'm going to go find your assistant or whoever your manager, and we'll set it up. He goes, No, no, no. Because this is a mind blow right here. He goes, You and I'll do it. I go, What do you mean? He goes, You and I'll just set it up directly. I go, What? He goes, they're going to make it too complicated and create a lot of problems. He goes, let's just exchange phone numbers. Shut up. But when I'm ready, you got to be ready to do it. I go, yeah, okay, I'll be ready. And so now my handshaking, I'm handing my phone number to Paul McCartney and he gives me his. That so, is freaking amazing. Right, you really did like, pick him up would, in the hallway. No, wait, it's not done. It's not done. So, I, so he does the show. Now I'm done there and i'm working at the daily, show, the daily show at the time as well and i'm it's a couple of blocks away and i'm late for that taping and i'm rushing and my phone rings and i don't recognize the number oh god and i think it's a telemarketer and i let it ring the voicemail and i'm gonna play you the voice message on my phone hi paul it's paul mccartney here um i'm gonna ring you back in five minutes to do the podcast thing i've got some time now Otherwise, I'm going to run out of time. So if you're there in five minutes' time, you call me. Okay, bye. Whoa. So now I'm on 11th Avenue in New York City between 53rd and 52nd Street. And I get that. I'm listening to the message. And then if you saw me, you saw me do this. Are you kidding me? And I took my (laughs) phone and I threw it down the block. And then I took my my backpack and I threw that across the street and I 
then I just started screaming like a crazy ranting man talking to voices in head. All you saw me doing was like, screen call, idiot, moron, idiot. Paul McCartney, never get him back, moron, you suck, you suck. I, oh my God, I would have died. I would have been like, I just oh said Paul McCartney to freaking voicemail, duck. Oh my God. And then I call him. I figure, what are the chances he's going to call me? What are the chances I'm going to miss the call? I'm going to, now I'm never going to get him. I call back and he picks up the phone. And I'm like, why are you bothering me? I have stuff to do. Stop. I, I said, I know you're Paul McCartney, but I'm Paul Mercurio and I've got something. No. Yeah. I called and then I had to stall him for over an hour because I lied. I didn't, wasn't ready to do it. I had to call my recording studio, which was in LA at the time. <laughs> and tell them that I called. You would appreciate this, okay? Because you do this for a living, right? I call and I go, okay, listen, I got Paul McCartney ready for an interview. I need a recording line right now. And some, like, I don't know, interns, like, uh, hold on a second. And they come back. <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah, there's somebody in the studio right now. Can you do it in about three hours? And I snapped and I went, did you not hear me? Yeah. I said, Unless you have Jesus Christ or John Lennon in that studio, get him out right now. <laughs> and then I, uh, and that's, and, and that's how I. Uh... That is friggin' awesome. That is one of the best stories I've ever heard. Amazing! Oh yeah, my it's god, pretty, it's great. It's been, it was, it's been, it was crazy. Yeah, and it all happened that way. And then he, I kept stalling and stalling, and then eventually got a line together, and he got him on the phone and did it. And we just talked about making music. So yeah. So it was. Did really... you acknowledge the length of time that it took to make it happen? To, to him? To him? Or was no? It like... I I just I I basically just I just said we had some glitches at the studio and that's why it was glitches. Taking so... Yeah. And I then and then uh, and then fast forward like I don't know, several months later I was in Los Angeles and I was doing some shows at one of the clubs there and uh, he contacted me so i was performing and he said i'm going to come see your show so i went to the gm of the club and i said look very quietly i said so and so's coming just bring him in the back you know don't he doesn't like to be you know i i i heard that he doesn't you know he doesn't like to be asked for photographs or autographs because the poor guy's probably been doing that his whole life and you know people sell it and all that stuff so he goes oh yeah we'll take care of it. we'll take care of it so i do my show and then I have to go to the bathroom. And I and I I said, don't let the other comics bother him. No, 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 no. I go into the bathroom. And what do I see? Paul McCartney flanked by two comics standing there taking a selfie with him in the yeah. men's room. Like, these guys are killing me. Like, are you kidding me? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. But he, he was couldn't have been a nicer guy. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. Could have wow. big time me. You know, you don't get bigger than that. Biggest star in the world. And he yeah, just, absolutely. It's always like the, the big guys that are the nicest guys. But that's but awesome. Yeah, that's so, anyway, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Inside Out with Paul Mercurio is the name of the podcast. He's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Make sure you follow this guy. He is absolutely hilarious. And as I mentioned, June 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, he's at Comics Roadhouse Comedy Club at Mohegan Sun. Get your tickets at comicsroadhouse.com. Paul, I know you got to go. Yeah, I think we went a little over on time. I appreciate no, cool, it, my man. I, wanna, I, I, you're. It's always awesome being on with you and with a Korean Italian guy. Holy shit! Yeah, that. that's how I roll. Yeah, right that's right. Who's an yeah. actor? <laughs> you got to make me like an Italian Korean combination dish. That's what I got to have from you now. Oh, I will try. When you come up to Connecticut, I will have one for you. All I right. will. I will make one. I'm All right, so listen, one. if you guys want to come to the show, you let me know. I'll put you on a guest list. Uh, and, uh, yeah, shows uh, be back. It's been three years. So tell your friends, everybody listening, come on out. We want to pack the place. It's been a while. It should be a lot of fun. I really love the venue. So uh, comicsroadhouse.com for tickets. But, uh, Joe, I love you, man. This is always fun. I'm glad you oh, I'm glad you got the, the long form because it's really – you can we can really – I love out. this. So yeah. much better. Yeah, man. Uh, appreciate the time. Uh, yeah. And I'm definitely coming out to the show. So we'll see you very soon then. All right, man. Hey. All right, Paul. Well, have a great day, man. Take care. Thanks, Paul. That was awesome, guys. Thank you. Yeah, man. Beautiful. Beautiful yeah. stuff. And and uh, we do it more often, man. I'm always happy to come on. Just keep in touch and let's do it more often. Oh, man. hell yeah, brother. Absolutely. I'd love yeah. to. And like, if you want to uh, just off the air, if you guys want to come to a late show taping, you let me know. I'll get you tickets. 
Yes, please. <laughs> I'm not gonna say no. Yes, please. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'll I'll text you. We'll we'll arrange all this stuff. All yeah. Right. We'd love to see and, you, and man. Thanks and, for, and thanks for plugging this and posting about it and stuff. But uh, I'm sure it'll help. So appreciate it. Yeah, of course, dude. You're the man, Paul. I appreciate all it. Always great catching up. Yeah. How's your family? Right. Your wife and kids are good. We all we just all had the COVID. Oh, finally. Shit. Finally yeah. got it. Everybody's fine though. Jimmy and his family too. So oh, man. sorry. Hey, but... A week before you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Was down. yeah. But, but everyone's doing great otherwise. Good. You know, other than that. Good. So yeah. All yeah. right. Gotta jump. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. All right. Again. Sounds good. Thanks, brother. Paul. All right. Later. Well, there you have it, Jimmy. A special yeah, you don't guest. get better than that right there. I mean interviewing paul mccartney are you kidding me and he i mean he's right like i'm not a beatles fan but he's correct i mean paul mccartney is probably the biggest star in the world you know i mean that's living right i imagine the intern that he called was like oh oh you talk about that guy that performed with kanye at the yeah. halftime show <laughs> i've heard of him like, now not really understanding the gravity of the situation right there <laughs> oh my god craziness craziness that's awesome so uh i think we're gonna roll right into my 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 beginning yeah no you're gonna end the show now and then you're gonna start it okay so uh i want to thank everybody for coming out and listening to us today especially paul mercurio make sure you get to the mohegan sun on june 2nd 3rd and 4th uh very hilarious guy you got to get down there and see it um yeah, Joe, thank you very much for coming out, hanging out with us. As always, thank you to our sponsors and our listeners. Have a great night, everyone. Red Ribbon Blues, Kick, and Dark Planet are just three of many. For our guests being funny, it is more natural than plenty. He is in movies and on TV. He likes to tell jokes to all. Paul Mercurio is his name, and this show should be a ball. He grew up as a paisan and interviewed Sir Paul. McCartney, that is, in case you're not as close as we all. <laughs> yes i am referring as i'm just insinuating that i'm close with paul mccartney now yes <laughs> he loves to tell jokes and make people laugh i wonder how he does it without making a gaffe there are so many taboos and so many don'ts it's no longer of choice of will and won'ts society decides what you can say what's funny or not at the end of the day these kids need to learn how to take a joke it's not for real dummies, so shut up and have a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Allowing someone to hurt you with words is weak in a weakness and a cop-out. Let's tell the truth and say what this is really about. You don't like I say, hey, try to shut me down. But saying it hurts your feelings. <laughs> Are you kidding me, clown? <laughs> what, will, what will you do when somebody else gets your dream job? Cry and scream and pout and blame them for your props. Life isn't fair. I wish somebody told you before. But saying words hurt, it makes me laugh to the floor. <laughs> I'll say this now, and I mean it from my heart. It may be long, but in the end, you'll see. Guys, we are stronger than that to allow words to hurt us. We went through a pandemic together. We are all still here. We are a strong people we are going to, to survive as we always have done but not unless we all learn a valuable lesson so here's the part i want to i want you all to see sticks and stones will break my bones but words will never hurt me welcome to divided we stand i am jim batista as always that beautiful man over there is joe aguire hello joe how you doing tonight i am still trying to get over the covid I am uh, uh, still a little beat down, but uh, excited to uh, be sort of in the in the 
post stages. I'm having that where I guess it ends and then it kicks back in for a couple days and I'm in the couple days. So do you lose your taste sometimes to get it back sometimes? Because that's what happened to me. Like I'll, I would like eat a cheeseburger and I wouldn't taste it. Then later on in the day, I you know, I would grab a snack like a Dorito and I, oh my God, I can taste it again. It came in on and off. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird phenomenon. Very much like the flu. Very much. Not, <laughs> I am not going to lie to you. you know, my son never, it never, or my daughter never even phased her whatsoever. So I don't know. But hey, Joe, tonight on this show, we have a very, very special guest. It's your buddy. I am excited to meet him tonight. I'm hoping that after tonight, he is my buddy as well. So why don't you go ahead and tr- introduce our our very special guest? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm super excited that that uh, Paul's coming to Connecticut to do some comedy shows. And he reached right out. And I was like, yeah, we'll let you be on our podcast. And we'll even let you plug yours. That's the kind of people we are. That's right. Yeah, I mean, fair is fair, right? He's a great guy. I'm sure he would uh, he would do the same for us. I'm sure he would. Yeah, and I'll tell you, good dude. I've known him for a really long time. Uh, works. I uh, used to work on the Daily Show with John Stewart. He's won an Emmy and a Peabody. Like this guy's the real deal. He's um he works at the Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and um he writes a lot of bits. And he's the warm up act. He literally gets them going before uh, Steven comes out. And and every now and again, he actually does his stand-up set on the show, uh, which he's done a whole bunch of times. Hilarious dude. Had a one-man show, which was hilarious, on Broadway. That was stopped by COVID. So, um, yeah, a, a pretty amazing guy. I can't wait to go see him. I truly, I, I just really can't. I can't. I mean, I think it, at this point in time in the world, everybody should go see a comedy show. Because we just all need to laugh. Yeah, I mean, we uh, this entire country just needs a good laugh. You know, but I wonder, I wonder how he does it. I wonder how he walks that tightrope. I mean, because it is, right, Joe? I mean, it is a tightrope that he needs to walk between funny and offensive. True. Right? Yeah, you know, uh, I don't know if I told you this, but I actually got COVID in Chicago. And we went to a wedding for uh, a gay couple. And, you know... I want to say for the first time, I was like aware that there's certain times where I can't or shouldn't say something about anything. Just even commenting on it would be, and I, that's a weird place to be. It's, it's extremely weird, right? So now you got to understand, Joe, like you and I, we see differently, we see things differently, but you need to, I'm trying to make you understand, uh, uh, Put yourself in my shoes. You know, I dedicated 20 years of my life, literally blood, sweat, and tears, so people can say whatever the frig they want to say. So people can do whatever they want to do. So people can protest whatever they want to protest, right? So people can have abortions if they want. I am a straight libertarian. Do what you want to do because I fought for the right for you to do that. And for you now to come back and say, well, I kind of felt weird, like I couldn't say something. Wow, man, that that's disappointing to me. You, I mean, you got to understand that coming from somebody like me, man. Oh, yeah, dude, totally. You know, it's funny. Um, I've been uh, I do another show called Crimes, Conspiracies and Beyond. And the host of that show just recently started listening to this show. Loves you. Uh, says he finds he agrees with you a lot. I did change his mind on the abortion issue, which I thought was was pretty fascinating. Uh, just in on that show, specifically talking about it. He's not a big news guy. His name is Todd. Uh, he and Jedi host that show. It's it's very good. Uh, but we've been talking about this show a lot because he's fascinated by the news and why people get so angry about the news. And I think like a lot of people, it's the political correctness gone wrong. You know, there was just this incident uh, where Josh Donaldson of the Yankees called Tim Anderson of the Chicago White Sox Jackie, as in Jackie Robinson. Now, you might be like, well, that's a weird thing to say, but Tim Anderson had called himself Jackie Robinson in an interview a couple of years ago, and Donaldson was just teasing him. The great Jackie Robinson. Right. He compared himself to Jackie Robinson as in he's going he's gonna to change the game by making it fun again. 
which to me kind of undersells the significance and importance of what Jackie Robinson actually did do. I agree wholeheartedly. So the manager uh, of the White Sox is 89-year-old Tony La Russa. I think he's only in his 70s, so I'm joking a little bit. But it was actually that old white fella who called Josh Donaldson's statement racist. Tim Anderson didn't say it. Tony LaRussa, who decided that him calling him, and then they asked Donaldson, he was like, oh, I was just making a joking reference to when he called himself Jackie Robinson. Which is funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, and this is so, what I'm saying. Right. Like, this is a situation where somebody's going to, somebody's going to take a non-offensive word and apply a white guy applies it to a black guy, so it's racist. So I don't funny. know, like, right? I think we're what we're way past the point right now of common sense. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous, Joe. It truly is. I am extremely glad that we got to talk about some kind of politics tonight, but we got to go to a break, and uh, uh, I'm excited about this break because coming out of this break. We're going to have some fun, all right? So here's a word from our sponsors. And then Joe's two minutes of crap is being replaced tonight. Thank you very much. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. 